to talk about today. We're going to start, this is uh, one of two episodes this week, with the Mets season opener. It, it only took two starts and four games into the year, but we're here, so let's get into it. following sports program is brought to you by the Loaded Bases Podcast. This is New York. Everybody link. Everybody. So, we're going to start. We're going to talk about these breakouts, team MVP this year, win total expectations slash playoff expectations, going to do a little health check see who's uh, healthy who's feeling good who's on the injured list feats of strength uh the the strengths and weaknesses of the team and i guess we'll wrap up eh, you know a little, uh, a little something special at the end we'll, we'll we we'll have not planned this but we'll figure it out so uh <laughs> anyway let's begin we're working on the fly we're working on the fly all right wow we, we could begin lots of places we could begin lots of places, but uh, so we're going to start with the Mets, right? Yeah, we're going to start with the Mets. Okay. Um, yeah, okay. uh, start with the Mets. Yeah, I don't know. There's uh, there's just so much to talk about. Like they were in first place for like about half the season, <laughs> uh, and it was the, like they had sole control of the first place. I, I don't think I need to remind people. Uh, and then they ended up sub 500 uh, with Javi Baez. Also, he was on the team at one point. Weird to think about. But so how did we get here? How did we get a negative 32 run differential? How did we get to be 25th in home runs? How did we get to be 20th in hard hit rate? Like two spots above the Orioles. Like we, it, it was very, it was a very weird year. And I'm not going to really get too much in the last year because there's just, there's a lot to dissect, um, but I think the best way to the, the question that you really want to ask yourself is for a team that finished fourth, uh, fourth or third in the division last year, how did we, did we improve? Like, I think that's the question that I think is on everybody's mind. So I'll get into it, but I know that you have had your criticisms and I'm not going to also get into the entire off season. Like we know if you're three games into the year, you know, who's on the team. Yeah. I'm not going to like get into that. And if you don't, well, I'm shame on you. Shame on you. But no, I'm kidding. No. Um, anyway, so I guess I will start off just by asking you, because I know that again, like you're, I'd say in a, you know, an outside, uh, you're the Yankees person on our podcast. So what do you, what, what were your kind of, your like overarching, your overall holistic view of the Mets off season? Well, I, I mean, it's hard it's hard to kill the Mets because obviously they went out and they spent on Max Scherzer. Um, but then at the same time, you know, you have concerns about Jacob deGrom, about his about his elbow, and and it, it makes sense why they went out and they got Scherzer to really have somebody who's who can produce almost at the same level, if not at the same level as deGrom, just in case deGrom went down, which he did, and they were already worried about that, which I'm sure you're going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and they went out, they got Starlin Marte, uh, they needed a big outfielder. They got the big outfielder. Um, they got some depth with Escobar. They got Kana. How do you say his name? Is it Kana or Kana? Kana. Kana. 
We got Mark Connor, who started, who's gotten off to a good start this season. Um, so it's hard to kill them. The only, my only and thing Buck. with the Mets is that not, not a player, obviously. And okay, okay, great. Okay, I was going to get into that in a second, but I'll get into Buck in a second. But my only thing with the Mets is that I, I definitely thought that they needed a third baseman because I don't know if you can. I, I, I'm, I just JD Davis kind of scares me a little bit. Um, I know that you, you're a big, you're a big JD fan. But I'm he scares like, me a little I'm bit. I'm not like a big JD fan, but I think well, I'll share my thoughts. Continue. I thought that they needed a third baseman. I th- I thought they could do some more work um with the bullpen. Uh obviously as you just saw because a couple of their relievers just went down. Also, who who led up the five runs yesterday? Was that you said Lugo? Seth Lugo, Lugo. did that against yeah. the Phillies. Uh which must have happened right after they turned the game off. They were four but, nothing. Um, they were up four nothing and Lugo blew the lead uh by with giving up five but, runs. Pretty much at the end of the day, I think with the Mets, it comes down to what the competition is and, and what have they done to improve. And I think they've done a good enough job of improving and kind of shoring up the defense. You've got to bank on Lindor um, to bounce back finally after two, honestly, or if you want to say a year and a half of just miserable baseball. Um, but they got Buck, and, and, the, and the, Nets need, the Mets need a, a culture change. And Buck is going to bring that. And when when uh, Lindor got hit by the pitch the other night, and Buck was the first one out, and all the Mets were behind him, and those things matter, right? The energy and bringing some type of identity to the Mets matters because they've been lacking that. When you've gone since 1986 without winning a championship, those things matter. Yeah, no, I think it. I think it. I mean. Any time the Mets have ever had a championship, which granted small sample size, but they've always had a, a a manager that has character. I mean, Davey Johnson was notorious, notoriously a, a, a you know a big personality, and then of course Gil Hodges. So yeah, you know. So I, I just think you know it's, is the starting pitching going to hold up? Obviously, Degrom is scary. He's also going to opt out at the end of the year. He so said no matter what. Um, then you have to deal with so it's Degrom, Scherzer, uh, Chris Bassett. Bassett. Yep, Bassett, which McGill, is a good pick, which is a good pickup. McGill, and then Walker, um, and, and then Walker. and then we think David Peterson. Peterson is kind of like the sixth man, even though that's not what that's called. But um, so it's not, it's not the most surefire rotation, but it's. A and good did we rotation. say Carrasco? You know I don't think mean? we said Carrasco. Did we say? And Carrasco? you have Carrasco, Who, but Carrasco, you know. If any, if you can get anything good out of Carrasco, it's positive. I think at this point, well, in his career, yeah. So I, I doesn't mean I'm not giving up on Carrasco. I'm just saying, no. From, well, f- through what he's been through and from what we've seen, I think would no, if you can get something solid out of Carrasco, no matter what, it's positive. Yeah, I mean, I always say there's two there's two things I think if you're a Mets fan and you're like wondering, you know, I mean the projections, a lot of projections had the Mets either winning the division last year. I know Fangraphs, I think, had the Mets winning the division. Uh, they had them over 90 wins. You had a right. number of different uh, projection systems with the Mets winning a lot of games. They were in first place. Like, I guess the projection systems, like I guess, weren't wrong. But, like, the Mets, like, weren't a good team. Like, I don't think anybody had any illusions that this was, like, a good team. And then, of course, last year you had DeGrom, like, I mean, a sub two ERA. He looked un. He was he was having probably one of the, like the best seasons ever that have ever had by anyone. You had Walker who was pitching out of his mind. You had McGill who was pitching well. Um, you had a number of different things, you know, that were just kind of clicking. But I think the consistent thing that was 
really weird last year. And one of the things that I, I personally still don't, I haven't like fully figured out was just the straight up underperformance from players. And, and quite frankly, like just not, not just hitters, but I, I mean, everyone on the team, like not everyone, excuse me, just a number of players that you thought that you could rely on. Like Jeff McNeil, for example, like he yeah. just, he was just not good. Like Conforto, yeah, he was terrible. Um, Dom Smith, who I'll, I'll talk about, uh, you know, he was not good. Nimmo, uh, you know, who only played 92 games, and he was okay when he played, but he was injured. He played 92 games. Uh, and then, of course, the big the big one is Lindor. Like, was just suit was just terrible. And then even towards the back of the bullpen, you had Lugo, who they thought was going to be, like, you know, their, like, bridge to the closer, like, complete lockdown. You know, I mean, there was one point where I think, what, like, the Astros, like, they were targeting Lugo because he had like the best uh, spin rate of any cur- uh, of any curve in the game, and and he was terrible pretty much for for a lot of the season. So it's hard to win when like you. It's like it, I don't know. I I I guess this happens. I can't. You know, no no examples kind of. But think about all those guys that you just named. I mean, a lot of those guys are back. So we're ba- we have to bank on. Well, yeah, we have to bank on them turning it around. And I think something that I've I've dealt with. Because you know, there's an, here's another thing. You and I are both relatively young. We're both 27 turning 28, right? So the Mets, the way that they are now, and the Yankees, the way that they are now, and the way that they've kind of been building over the past four or five years, is something that is relatively new to us because our teams kind of had a core throughout our childhood, right? And then obviously the Mets made it to a, the obviously the 2015 team was kind of different than the team that well we the Met, now, the 2015 team is not that uh, well yeah exactly besides the yeah yeah um but but still you got my point so i think that something that just happens when you're when you're rebuilding when you're bringing up players and when you're figuring out what works and what doesn't work is that certain guys don't necessarily pan out but you need to get certain you need to get enough years and enough sample size um in order to see if it's going to work, and I think that sometimes we don't know until we see a certain amount of play appearances, or we don't know until it's become a consistent thing, and then be, and then we want to convince ourselves at the same time. I want to convince myself that Gary Sanchez can be a better catcher. I want to convince myself that Brandon Nimmo can be a better hitter and not just a good like outfielder with speed who will hustle to, to first base and has a good on-base percentage. You know, I want to convince myself that Michael Conforto can consistently be a solid power hitter in the league, even though now he's a free agent with no team, which is kind of ridiculous. It's, but yeah, so that's its own thing. it's just something that we just, I, I don't think, I think it's just something we're still getting used to. It's like, oh, I don't know, I don't know why they all did, they all did so poorly last year besides obviously DeGrom. And it's just like, well, we don't know what a lot of these players can do on a consistent year in and year out basis. You know, you know, like I guess I even see Jeff McNeil, who's like 30, 31 years old. And, but he's only been with the Mets for what, five years now, four years. Well, so that's, but the, but the weird thing is like Jeff McNeil, like you could, I think you, I, t- I guess I understand your point, right? Conforto was like 26. He's only been in the league for a few years. You know, you look at a lot of the players that they, like you said, McNeil only been in the league last year for like a few years. But you look at someone like Lindor, who, okay, he's like switching leagues. But he was like, for the first half of the season, like was barely batting 200. Like, so, you, I mean, for for a lot of these, yeah. you know, uh, and also Carrasco was expected to to play, but he had an elbow, an elbow injury in spring. 
So the sheer like the the sheer number of hitters on this team that just completely underperformed. I think the Mets addressed the offense. I will say in the right way. So this is we're still building up to our prediction of whether you know the the um, uh, you know their win total, and so this is part of it, which is. I think what the Mets did this year, just in terms of the lineup, and I guess it it extends into depth and therefore defense, but is they basically turned Michael Conforto's like $25 million in salary into like three players, right? Like they diversified the Mm -hmm. offense. So instead of having one Michael Conforto where you're like, you know, what who's he going to be you know uh the michael conforto that gets red hot or the michael conforto that gets ice cold well it's like well now we have starling Marte, who's a veteran who you know basically you have a i think enough sample size to have a floor and a ceiling another veteran in eduardo escobar who purely from the i know he's not playing outfield but purely from the lineup he's gonna give you a pretty solid 20 home runs maybe more and 70 ish rbi play solid defense and you're gonna get a marcana who's like you know i guess a, a like a good a solid starter but like of those three i think you're better you're more likely to get like someone in the lineup every day that can produce versus just one guy who it's like if he's cold well you know he's cold but if he's hot you know so it's kind of hard to plan around that. I think that's actually, I think that that's the right approach because if you look at the defense and you look at the depth of this team, even without, you know, not even looking at the sample size of four games, because what can you really tell from four games? On any given night, you've got a ton of depth, I think, at every position. Like not super great depth, but I think enough. I think there's enough there where you're not having like Joneshwi Fargus. Mm. And like, you know, like, you know, Billy McKinney uh, play like I, I'll to that point, actually, I, I will give I will give you an example. Uh, I will give you an example of a, a Mets lineup from eight, uh, August 1st after they right before they fell apart. And, and after, you know, right after they got the, the trade deadline where they got Baez and yeah. 724 when they were in first place. So, July. all right. So which one do you want to hear first? <laughs> Let's go. Let's uh, the, yeah, go ahead. Okay. So here is the lineup uh, from August 1st. Okay. So it was Jeff McNeil, who was not good at the time. Pete Alonzo, who was, you know, solid. Dominic Smith, who batting third and playing left field. Javier Baez. Michael Conforto, who was not good at the time. Brandon Drury, playing third, starting at third because D.G. Davis Brandon was, Drury. Brandon Drury. Kevin Pillar. <laughs> Tomas Nito and Marcus Stroman. So that's basically the five through nine were just outs. And that was the lineup they were basically putting out for the majority Jesus. of the, 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 I mean, it kind of makes sense why they collapsed. And now you've got this lineup where it's like, so read know, me the lineup now. Read me the lineup that they have now. Like, well, what's, do you what's wanna, the everyday starting lineup? Uh, the everyday starting lineup. Let me pull it up because I do not have it up right now. But uh, it's something like Nimmo. Find the lineup for today. All right. Do you want today's lineup? I'll find today's lineup. Mets lineup. All right. We're doing a little googling on the fly. Mets lineup. Nope. I got it. I have it. 
Yeah, what's tonight's line? All right. So, starting at first, center field, Brandon Nimmo. Second, Starling Marte, Francisco Lindor, Pete Alonso, Eduardo Escobar, Robinson Cano, Mark Kana, Jeff McNeil. You know, I got it. Oh, James McCann. Jeff McNeil, James McCann. You know, I'd have to say, though, what are the expectations for the Mets? Like, what are your expectations for the Mets? Yeah, okay. So, we can just get into it because as much as I'm praising the offense, which I genuinely think, no matter how you slice it, they've got depth at every position. Like, you could name probably any position, and they've got at least two players that can play at that position. Mm-hmm. Literally. Like, literally. Like, yeah. obviously catcher, but, like, I mean, not catcher, but, like, that's standard. Like, um, I think the issue that this team faces is the starting pitching depth. That is, I think, the thing that that kind of – I wasn't super worried about it in, in the off season because like, you know, obviously everyone has like some rose colored glasses. And when you go out and get Chris Bassett and Max Scherzer and DeGrom is healthy at the time, like it's kind of, it's hard to look at that and be like, have like be actually like worried. But think about last night, uh, which was the 11th. So they were facing the Phillies and your starting pitcher was, um, was Taiwan Walker. He gets injured. He leaves the game with, with a shoulder injury. Right? Then you're then you're like, all right, who's gonna come in? I think it was David Peterson relieved him. David Peterson, right? He's like he's I think uh a very interesting player because I think he's going to be pretty hard to project. He seems like a he's like a lefty uh who, you know, throws a lot in the zone but also gets hurt and also has control issues and he's young. So it's kinda like you don't know really what you're getting fully. I, I don't know how many innings to project him for. I don't know how many walks, like what whip to project him for. Like, um, And so if you start to see like, okay, well, DeGrom's injured. Now, if you're, if you're, if you're looking at a Taiwan Walker being injured, you're basically, you're looking at Scherzer, who I think is fine. I'm not worried. Bassett, who I think is fine. I'm definitely not worried. And then it's Tyler McGill, who looks fantastic, but we'll see how, you know, we're two starts in. We'll see if he can continue. I mean, he's got two more two more velo on his fastball. He's got, I think, three solid major league pitches. Um, he's getting a lot of swinging strikes. Like, that's a good It's sign. a lot of high risk, and it's a lot of high risk. But when you look, basically, I, I, I look at the depth of this bullpen, or this, but, excuse me, this ro- rotation, and you're looking at, yeah. you're looking at David Peterson, and then you're looking next in line, maybe Carlos Carrasco, who the elbow apparently is getting more extension. and He's throwing a little harder, and he's throwing more strikes, and he had a great outing versus the terrible Nationals. We'll see how he does versus Arizona. Uh, but now you're looking at Trevor Williams to be, like, the next man up for starts. Like, that is terrifying. Like, I think that's a horrible place to be, and if this team gets, like, you're going to have guys, like, there are going to be times where there's multiple pitchers injured from your rotation at a time. I hate. So, the, yeah. Yeah. I, I, that's kind of it. I just hate the idea that, that. But Trevor so what Williams are your, like, so then what are your, I guess what, what's your win projection total then? Let's just do that. What's your, what, what do you, what's your expectation? Yeah. So I guess I'll kind of just like start with like the over under that. I think fan graphs is probably one of the better projection systems. Um, Fan graphs has the Mets at slightly over 90 wins. 
and the Braves winning the division at 93 wins, like a little under 90 or, or a little over 93. The Mets have right. so basically the Mets have the fan graph says the Mets at 90.7 wins. I think that the two factors that are going to go into the Mets winning or losing are the the Marlins being good and the Phillies being bad because I think both of those things are going to happen. They have the Phillies at 86 wins. I don't think the Phillies get to 86 wins. I think the Phillies' offense is really good, but their defense is really fucking bad. And I don't – I'm not a huge believer in Ranger Suarez. I saw what he did last year. They're trying to extend him from being a reliever. I don't know how many innings you're going to get from him. And if you look at the – ERA versus FIP projections. The Phillies had the widest gap, the widest margin of any team last year from their starting rotation and actually their entire rotate, their entire pitching staff. Um, and their their defense got worse. They essentially added Kyle Schwarber and Nick Castellanos to the outfield, and that's like. And if you saw Alec Bohm, who made three errors last night, like, yeah, they're I not doing. To say that he hated playing in Philly. With, yeah, I you know I I was talking about I don't know that's that's its own thing. I I actually am not mad at that. He's a rookie. No, I'm not mad at it either. I actually kind of like it. He said I hate it here. <laughs> um, yeah. So, but I think the Marlins are super good. I I, I think they're sneaky good. I think I'm also a big fan of the Marlins. The, if you like, Jesus Sanchez is their outfield the outfielder they have. He is hitting nukes. He's already got two home runs as we speak. Um, he hit one today. He's he's got some of the highest, uh, hardest hit balls of any player this year. I think Jesus Sanchez. We're looking at a breakout from him. Um, you've got a super deep rotation. Not even counting. We don't even know if Jesus Lazardo is gonna come out of nowhere and and you know do well with this team. I mean, you've got Sandy Alcantara. You've got Pablo Lopez. You've got. You know, you, you know, maybe we'll even see Sixto Sanchez come back later in the year. Like, and they don't even need him to like, so, you know, and then you look at the Marlins roster. It's, it's a deep, it's a deep roster. Um, my thing, my thing with the Mets is that I, I can see them winning anywhere between 87 and 90 games. But the problem is, is that the, the playoffs are expanded this year. Are they going to make the playoffs? Yes. They're going to make the playoffs. Are they good enough um, to go? I don't think it's playoffs? a guarantee actually. You don't, okay. So okay. So okay. So so you're so you're actually a little less odd. Okay. All right. I wasn't expecting that. Well, because, because okay. Right, that's I'm interested to hear you. I'm I, that's actually interesting to hear you say because what I'm when you read me that lineup from August I whatever 2021. A, yeah. And then and then we read what the starting lineup was today. While the Mets definitely went out and got depth. No, they 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 fixed the lineup. Like they're the lineup. They are, fixed the lineup, but they, there's there's no way that you could tell me that that lineup is not almost as susceptible to falling apart like the lineup that you read me in august 2021 um it 100 uh, is uh, i don't think we're gonna bank on mark canna having a like a really good all no, around no we're not no, no see see we're not you can't no but we're gonna bank on six or seven players not you know like having james mccann is a complete non-factor yeah, that's fine. On offense, that's fine. I don't. I mean, I mean, look at the look at the, you know there. The, I know a lot of teams that make the playoffs just have I, I, defense. Is is the Mets starting lineup and starting pitcher besides the fact that you added Max Scherzer, which is definitely going to change the game? And because when the Mets, basically, I think the second think half we, Mets lost basically their one and two, their Degrom and their and their Walker. 
Whereas this team, again, it's really more about diversification. It's like, I'm still not comfortable. I don't think it's a deep situation, but now you're talking, okay, DeGrom falls off. We have a backup in Scherzer, right? You, you know, you're number two. Now you're looking at be, being Bassett and you, you had right. Stroman who I think exactly. is kind of a wash between him and Bassett. I think they're kind of like very similar players. I would even, I would even cancel them out if, if you're really like, they're close enough so that I think that you can do that. Now you're looking at, I mean, this is really, I, I'm not even, this is not even a four argument. I'm just saying, I think it's better than last year, but they fell apart. I last definitely year. think it's better than last year. I'm just not sure. They, if they fell did apart last to... year, though, is what I'm saying. Right. Like, but what other team do you think would be able to knock them out of not making the playoffs? Because remember, the playoffs are expanded, so, so seven teams are going to get in from in the National League. Isn't it eight? I think it's eight now. I it think seven? it's seven. Seven each. Each. Okay. Side fourteen teams. Okay. So. I think. Okay. So, assuming the playoff format is seven teams in each. So, what are the other teams that you like, basically? Okay, so I'm just going to list the teams that I think are going to buy for contention. We have seven teams between all the divisions, right? Okay. You got three from the West, the, the San Diego, San Francisco Dodgers. Right, yeah. You've got okay. you've got the Cubs and St. Louis. And then I think... The Cubs, uh, yeah. And then Milwaukee. The Cubs aren't going to keep the Mets out of getting into the playoffs. Uh, I, I don't... I'm not That's actually not as happen. down on the Cubs as, people, as a lot of people are. They're, I mean... I'm not down on the media. I'm just saying that if the Mets were to lose to the Cubs, it'd be if the Mets if the if the reason why the Mets didn't make the playoffs was because of the Cubs, it would be pretty catastrophic. I guess I just feel like if they finished with a worse record than the Cubs, we would have problems. They were projected to be first place last year, and they were they ended what what like 75 wins or 74. Right, but you know the 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 Pakota or whatever standings also had the Braves finishing in third last season and they won the world series so i'm well the I'm braves kind of actually like super Dakota well, projections uh but the braves the Foo-foo. yeah but the, the fan, like fan graphs had the braves at around like 90 wins last year too which was pretty accurate so i'm just i i think and also the braves had a bunch of injuries to their starting pitchers last year so I think when you look at, I think the Braves are solid. I think you've got to count them as the division winner, and I think most people do, and I think that's well, I fair. Until they show, and they also got back Acuna and Azuna, Acuna and Azuna, <laughs> and yeah, and also they've got. I mean, I I think the Braves are just a super deep team with a super good bullpen. They're solid. I like them a lot. Um, but the Mets, I think they're they're. Biggest flaw, I think, is I think the lineup's going to play. I'm not worried about them getting injured. I think they're a deep team. I think you can put out, even if you withstand a few injuries, put out a deep lineup on any given night that can win a ball game. What I don't think is true is that if you can't, if you're going to, if you have multiple injuries to your starting rotation, the bullpen isn't good enough to carry a team, the, you know, a, a, a four run, uh, like if you put up four runs, let's say, and the, and the rotation gives up three, like, you you give up one run to this bullpen, it's not hold. Like I just don't I just don't think that the Mets. You're only as good as your worst option, and I think the Mets' worst option is David Peterson, who's a big fucking question mark. And then after that, it's like again, it's like uh, uh, Trevor Williams, who is terrible. He's so bad. He, yeah. So I I just feel like if you look at this Mets team, like 
it's hard to say what they should have done in the offseason. Like, in terms of, like, I thought they should have went for, like, a Tyler Anderson who's with the Dodgers now. He's, like, he, like, piggybacks off of uh, of an opener. That would have been a great situation for the Mets to be in. Like, I don't know, let Trevor May open or something. Like, you know, you can figure it out there. There's a number of different options. But for for, for the long relief to be that, that be your best option. And then really kind of, I don't, I don't really, there's nothing really else in this bullpen in terms of long relief that makes me excited. Yeah. So I think like the Mets fell apart last year, just straight up. That's literally the only way to put it. And it's because they didn't have enough depth in a, in a particular area. They have more depth in their rotation and they have way more depth in their lineup. But this is a team that saw the least amount of pitches last year. Think about that. That means they're not working yeah. counts. That means they're not turning over the lineup. That means they're not, not taking many, like they're not getting many right. pitches. Exactly. Like, There's a lot of work that needs to be done. I, think, I just feel like there was more work that needed to be done in the offseason. You have a shaky starting rotation with a starting pitcher with your ace, who might be one of the greatest pitchers of all time, but there's serious questions about his health. You don't know what that's going to be like. Then you have a shaky bullpen. You have an aging second baseman, and you have a DH problem, kind of, because what are you going to do with Dom Smith? You're going to play an aging, overpaid second baseman at second um, base every single day. No, that's not true. You, no, 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 no. no. Then you See, that's not, but that's already not true because you have, like, if you go to any position, you have first base, you have Dom and Pete. And, and, right. Right. Then you go to second base, you have McNeil, you have Cano, you have Eduardo Escobar, um, you have J.D. Davis who can play a second base. That's what he that's he came up as a second he played second base. I'm not minors, talking like. about the depth. I'm just talking about the fact that you have Kana, Marte, Nimmo in the outfield. Then you have Alonzo at first, Cano at second, Lindor who's struggling with the bat mightily at short, J.D. Davis at third. Lindor really has have- not looked bad with the bat this year. He's got solid have, exit velos. Okay, right, home. but we're just we're just we're just going. It's only been four games, so we're going yeah. off of what's happened okay. in the past few years. All right. Um, you have uh, J.D. Davis at third base. You don't your your backup third baseman is what Escobar? No, no, no. I, Escobar is probably your starting third baseman. Okay, so and then you, you have, have Escobar, and then you, you, have, have, you have Eduardo Escobar as your starting third baseman, and then you have J.D. and then you have Nick, and, then, uh, and then you have J.D. You have J.D. And McNeil. Smith and Cano fighting for the DH spot as well, right? I would imagine. Yeah, so that's that's about right. I mean, really, right. really, more or less, everyone's fighting for the DH spot who doesn't have a starting role. But yeah, right. So I'm not knocking their depth. I'm not knocking their, their depth. depth is like that you, their depth is actually is like that, their strong point. I would say. I would say. That I would say that's it, the feat of it's strength. It's possible <laughs> that your best defensive second baseman, other than Escobar, who's going to be starting every day at third base, like you said, is Cano. But the problem with Cano is that he's 37 years old or 38 years old. No, McNeil is a better defensive second baseman. McNeil, McNeil has like netted out as like neutral at second, and I think that's fine. Like Cano is weird because he's like has almost zero range, but he's really good at like just when he gets the ball, he's got some of the best hands in the league. So. It's like I don't I don't know what that looks like from the numbers, but I just, I'm just I, I just don't know. I don't know if I'd be like I don't know should a Met fan be frustrated with the Mets? I don't know. Um, I don't know, but all, all what I do know is just like if I were to look at that, I would say I'd give the Mets about eighty six wins, eighty five wins. Okay, so you're going less wins than I am. I'm going less wins because I think that the Mets are, right now, 
they've already lo- like and I'm not that this is not actually not what I'm basing this off of but like I've already seen them lose two very winnable games like I've already seen the bullpen yeah. again not super worried but like it's just not a good thing to see immediately into a year where I'm like looking at last year and you look at like a, a weakness that literally was a, like it's not just a weakness like their weakness undid their whole season okay and here's so, another question here's another question are you worried that the Mets that you think the Mets could win 85 to 86 games but they have the second largest payroll in baseball no because I think it was just an awkward uh, situation. But then, but then like, how much room they is there don't to grow, have? Though? They well, th- that's a problem well, because they Cohen's don't gonna, have a Cohen's, great. Cohen's going to spend no matter what. You're kind of in a situation where you have to because they don't have a great farm system. It's extremely top heavy. Once they start to graduate prospects like Francisco Lindor or not, excuse me, Francisco Alvarez, there's not much else there. Like there's maybe like four or five guys that that. Pro- I mean, granted, like you know. We look at Tyler McGill. He was never a touted prospect. We look at Jeff McNeil. He came out of nowhere. Like, obviously, prospect rankings aren't like, you know. Um, of course. Yeah, but but they're true enough to the point where we have a – scouts have a solid sense of, like, who is going to be good and who is not. Like, those are kind of, if if anything, really exceptions that prove the rule. But I would say for me, I give them 85, 86 wins just because looking at last year, they were just – they unraveled so quickly – and I know there's a, a you know better grounded manager who's like been there, done that many times. I really do. I think the Buck factor is going to play a factor this year. I think it's. Yeah. I think Buck's going to play a big factor this year. And I think the Nationals are going to pad their win total, but that's going to be true of everyone in the division. And then I look at the competition around the league, which I think really ultimately will be exciting, but kind of the most threat threatening to the Mets, which is that if the Mets are incompetent in certain areas. I'm I'm a huge fan of the Milwaukee Brewers. I think what they're doing with their pitching, I have Freddie Peralta to win the Cy Young. I I hasn't gone off to a great start though. Well, it's been one start, but I I think Freddie Peralta well hurt my fantasy team. Well, I think Freddie Peralta is is I know that there's like Eno Saris. He's he's one of the goats in the in the uh, in the you know sports. He has a he has a um, a stat that he has called he's hasn't like fully released it yet, but it's called stuff plus and it's, it takes into account yeah. a number of situations and Freddie Peralta is like near the top and he's just unbelievable. He has three ridiculous pitches. He has like over 30% K rate. Um, he had like 200 strikeouts. He had over 200 strikeouts in like less than 170 innings last year. Like he's disgusting. And then you also have Brandon Woodruff and Corbin Burns, not to mention you have Adrian Hauser, who's fine, and then you have like in that bullpen, uh, Aaron Ashby, who's insane. Like he's, I I would say probably has some of the best stuff in that bullpen. And you have uh, Hader and um, the other player, De- Devin Williams, and they've got a number of different players. So and their their offense is not good, but they play in Milwaukee, so like they'll be fine. I really like the Cardinals. Like I really like. The, I like the Cubs enough. I think the Cubs are, are, are kind of an underrated team. I think people think they're going to be terrible and they're going to be fine. I think they can run into some wins. So if I'm looking around the league and you said there are seven spots, you got three in the West, you got three teams, more or less four in the East. That's already seven. And you're not even look, we haven't even looked at the, the central. I think there are about 10 teams that could win this thing. And I'm not, I, I think 
the Mets are like two or three pitching injuries away from just I don't I just like the fact That's that the I, the, I the fact That's that the I thing. don't know what they're gonna do scares me. Like if I was like, oh, you know, they've got like Tyler Anderson or like, oh, not that they do. Like, that's the point. Like, oh, they've got like, I don't know, like Brett Anderson. They've got like, I don't know, like some of the, we'll talk about this on the Yankees episode. Like they've got like a Michael King who can like, they've got mm-hmm. like a Jonathan Luiza who can eat innings. Like they've got like a whatever, like when the Yankees had Luis Sessa, like eat a couple innings. Like the Mets don't have like literally anything <laughs> at all if you lose a couple pitchers and you've got two pitchers in their rotation who are over 35 so that's to me the big the most troubling thing um and I guess we'll just wrap with the Mets yeah. segment because we've kind of already gone over weaknesses yeah. we've we kind of gone over strengths <laughs> we kind of just beat the shit out of this horse um we'll we'll breeze by health check obviously we you know Taiwan Walker went out yesterday with a shoulder injury apparently it's not a big deal uh, Trevor May left the game with a, with an injury. He apparently is fine. Um, you said yeah, there's a little bit of inflammation and like swelling, but that he's going to be good for his next start. Yeah, so all good. Um, think uh, David Peterson left. He's also fine. Um, the thing that the thing that and also Degrom's coming back June first. Uh, conservative or, or you know a liberal estimate. He'll probably be back longer. Um, so I think the biggest breakout. The what someone that I think I don't I don't think he's like going to be like the biggest. It's not going to be the biggest deal, but just I just food, you know, shits and giggles, a player that I think I you kind of I think you can probably guess who I'm going to say, but is Dom Smith. Um, I I'm I'm really in on Dom Smith, um, but I think he's also just the most interesting because I'm going to paint the picture of why I think Dom Smith is going to be the guy like that I think can have a great, great year. Um, he, when he first came up, he was basically fighting for playing time. He was batting eighth in the, you know, the, the order he was getting inconsistent playing time and coming off the bench and pinch hitting. And he basically hit 280 with a solid on base percentage, got, you know, walked a lot and played himself into a starting role. He's only 26. Uh, he dealt with injuries and, you know, 2021 was kind of the year where he was going to really rebound off of a, of a strong, you know, 2020 campaign. Like his 2020 campaign was, was fantastic. And then in, in spring, we saw him in 13 games, 26 at bat. He was batting 423. Uh, if you look at his 2020 percentile rankings, he was 83rd percentile hard hit rate. 93rd percentile Woba, ex-Woba, which is expected Woba, which is uh, indicative of your the kind of player that Dom Smith is. Uh, not, you know, not crazy power, puts the ball in play a lot. 86th in barrel percentage. And he was, you know, it was 2021 was going to be the year that I think a lot of people predicted he was going to break out. And then he got multiple injuries and he, uh, he just didn't, he just wasn't good, uh, you know. Wrist injuries kill power. He had a hip injury. That it's just you can't be a, you can't have any power, any sort of power, and do that. And obviously, he didn't do well. I think this year, if he can get playing time, he's twenty six. He's yeah, he's. That, in his, that, that's what I was saying before. He's I was talking yeah about, yeah. He's got to play himself into playing time. But I think that Pete Alonso's defense, as much as we talk about how much it's improved, 
He's going to show us, I predict, that Dom Smith should get regular playing time at first. Pete should be the DH, and then they'll figure it out from there. I think if Dom Smith gets any sort of momentum, any sort of heat, now granted, he's already not been in the starting lineup t- twice in four, in, in, or three times in five games. Right. He's exactly. got He's got to play himself into the role. But I think that if he can, I think he's going to run away with this, and I think that he's going to break out this year. Um, I think he's going to beat his projections. I think he can bat in the 280s, have 20 or more home runs, and I can't predict RBIs because that's kind of a silly thing to predict because I don't know where he's going to be in the lineup. I don't know what the rest of the team is going to look like, but I think Dom Smith um, is going to continue to have, you know, uh, maybe the, I think if the, if the chasing, he chases a lot, I think if that, that's got to improve. Um, but beyond that, I think that when he's, he's, he can hit, he's hit for average in, in tougher spots. I mean, again, like what I mentioned as a rookie hitting from off the bench and, and hitting it buried in the lineup with no protection. Like he, I think he can be great if he gets a chance. Now, if he doesn't get a chance, obviously then there that's shot, but yeah, that's that's kind of my Dom Smith. I think is someone I think who can really uh, make make I think improvements this year. I think it's going to go either way for him. It's either going to go the way that you said, or he's going to get traded. Because they're also kind of shooting themselves in the foot by not. I'm sure they have explored trade options, but they're kind of shooting themselves in the foot by not by not doing uh, so. Yeah, because are you going to really make Pete Alonso, who's probably going to be the future captain of this team? He's the face of the team. Are you really going to make this guy a career DH and just not continue to stick? I would. I would probably hope that he gets split, better. I would probably split playing time between them. Like that's that's kind of the route. I right, like, but Pete, then this is what I, this leads back it. into my conversation yeah. from before though, because then you have a problem because you have you, you have Dom Smith who's not going to get the right amount of the bats. Then you have Pete Alonso, and then you have Robinson Cano. And one of those guys is going to have to play DH at least once. I think I also know, with you know what I mean. Robinson Cano, like he's kind of the veteran. He's gonna he. It's his job. Like the, I think he's gonna get more playing time than Dom because he's like the veteran. Like he's like a, like if no PDs, he's a fucking Hall of Famer. Like he's got he's got respect, I think, in that clubhouse. So, I would say, yeah, the right. playing and time's the issue. You can't that's bench the, Robinson Cano. I mean, I, I know you I, can, I, but it's I, not a lot. <laughs> like, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. So that's yeah. So right. that's 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 it. I think that's the Mets preview. I said eighty-five wins. I think. Again, there there are a number of teams. Uh, like the good news, however, that I will say, is that because there are so many teams playing that that are that have a lot of talent on their rosters, come trade deadline, you may have some options. So the Mets have very fucking little to trade. They have yeah, they that's, don't that's have problem. a lot to trade, but they do have they they there might be options, and we'll you know we'll see. I um, think Mets fans just need to be a little patient. I think that because you guys have a new owner in Steve Cohen who's so rich, Mets fans are are chomping at the bit. But there is a lot that needs to get rebuilt within the team itself, and 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 the team was bought at a current state, and you kind of have to do what you can with the team in that current state. So, yeah. also not entirely relevant. Mark Connor is like my favorite fucking player on this team. I his his Fine. Instagram handle is Big League Foodie, and you know I'm. Okay. I'm very into the food. I go. I, I'm always eating all over Brooklyn, and like, I love like those spots, like you know those those like hole in the wall places, like 
you know, we have a friend Marco who took me to this fucking like Turkish place under under the fucking uh like one of the yellow trains. It's literally under a train station. Like, I'm not gonna lie, like cringely hit up like, uh, I cringely hit up Marcana on Instagram, and I was just like. Hey man, like I have a podcast. Like you have food, <laughs> you like food. I like food. Like if you'd like to be on the podcast, like let me know. And he just like didn't. Oh, you gotta shoot your shot. He don't, didn't. Don't 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 be ashamed. He didn't respond at all. But if you look, go check out his Instagram. Yeah, it's fucking delicious. I really really want him to like eat. He eats a lot around the West Coast. I really want him to eat around like. I have so many places I could show this man. I have so many places I can show him. Also hit me up. I started a fucking lit. I started a uh, Instagram Megan B Scallion. It is my food plate at my food page. Oh, I didn't get a follow. I didn't. I didn't follow anyone yet. But so you're gonna be like one of those dudes who like makes a new Instagram and then you're gonna follow like three people and then you're gonna have like the two hundred followers. I'm gonna unfollow you as soon as I get get Hollywood and then and then uh, yeah. So while you while while you can get in get in while you while you know me. Can't get a promise, you know. But anyway, that's I think that's it. I, I have the Mets uh, not winning the division. I have them at 85 wins. It's more symbolic. And you said possibly missing the playoffs? Bold. Uh, I think they're probably going to make the playoffs, but as like a wild card team and like barely as a wild card team because I just think you have to factor in again like we've we've kind of been over this, but like the fact that they, they fell, completely fell apart last year with a good roster. So I'm like, yeah, they added yeah. better players and right. I think that helps. But like, okay, now you get to you improve by ten wins. That's eighty five wins. Like that's a lot to ask. Yeah, and exactly. it's still so I'm not I'm not giving them ninety until they fucking get five hundred. That's where I'm at. Yeah. Facts. But uh sweet. Yeah. All right. So stay tuned. Uh we're also gonna I don't know if obviously it depends on the order that you're listening to this, but uh we have a Yankees season preview we're going to talk a lot about Alessandro's really going to take the the reins on that one as I did with the Mets but uh, a lot to discuss Alessandro's going to give his predictions essentially do everything I just did so do that uh, regular episodes this season we will be good about it uh, producing episodes and uh, yeah that's about it I don't know if you want to throw in anything else in, oh, look, but... Miguel Castro is uh, just stepping on the pitch alright all right, let's move on let's go <laughs>